Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and sorry I'm not bringing as much energy this morning. I'm a bit tired and, you know, I'm coming down with some, as always, these allergies always kick them up, but that's something I always struggle with. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Adrian, and today, originally, I wanted to do the East versus the East and West um, conference and seeing where they landed from the earlier predictions and everything like that. However, I think I'm going to save that one for tomorrow. And today, I'm going to go ahead and do that Warriors perspective I was talking about. Like I said, the guests, you know, I like to bring fans of teams on the show. Just like we did with Shamari's with the um, Lakers perspective. Just like we did with Spin with the Wizards perspective. I like to bring team fans of teams on here and give their perspective with their teams. Um, what they want their teams to do and everything. Because if you ask me a Celtics perspective, I can give you that. But you ask me a Bulls perspective or or a Clippers perspective, yes, I watch their games. But obviously, I'm not watching the same way a fan would. Like other people that watch Celtic games, they watch Celtic games, but they don't watch. They don't necessarily catch every Celtic game. They don't pay attention to everything in regards to the Celtics, like a true and true fan would. And so that's how I like to get the uh, fans' perspective that will watch their games and will pay attention to own mainly their team. So that I can see a different outlook. I usually do because, like, just like with, like I said, with Shamari and Spin, I saw a different outlook on their teams versus whenever I just watch them when their team plays mine or whatever. I'm just watching basketball and I turn their team's game on. So um, I was asking him. Uh, his name's Archie. I was asking him, what does he want the uh, Warriors to do these last few games? And he gave me detailed responses in regards to different things. He broke things down. He told me this is what he wants. And he's like, just pass this along since I can't make it. I'll just type this up and I'll send this to you. And I was like, oh, that works. So the main thing he wants them to do is rest. He said, let Steph rest. Um, These last couple games before the playoffs, just go ahead and let Wiseman sit until the swelling is completely clear. Um, Wiseman is only getting minimal minutes in the playoffs anyway, and only when, like, Looney and Draymond in foul trouble. He said Jordan Poole can run the offense and get momentum for these last couple games. The biggest thing for this team these last few years is health. Seven straight years of title runs put a lot of wear and tear on Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and to a lesser extent, Looney and Iggy. So the main thing he wants them to do is rest, which is fair because I think people... That's why I think people disregard what LeBron, not, not to take this about LeBron, but disregard what LeBron did whenever he was in the East and made all those straight finals because it puts a lot of wear and tear on you. You can you see all these other teams and all these other players and how their body reacts to it. Like, look at um the you, Warriors prime example. They started breaking down. They couldn't they couldn't handle it. Look at other teams, like usually they start breaking down, they can't handle it. Even going back to like in the past, like you saw Kobe's and Shaq's Lakers, they started struggling with injuries, things like that happen when you start making a bunch of title runs. Go back and look at um 
what's called the Chicago Bulls. They had to take that break. Le- I mean, uh, sorry. Michael Jordan had to take that break in between because that put a lot of wear and tear on the body. Before them, look at the Detroit Pistons. Look at the wear and tear. They started struggling with injuries um, coming into the 90s because that put a lot of wear and tear going to back-to-back um, NBA Finals. Going to NBA Finals like that, puts a, it, like, it destroys your body. You see a lot of people start being like, they got at rest. They aren't the same because you're playing all the way up into June, and then you're picking back up. You're having a shortened off season, and you're playing way, way, way more games than anybody else in the NBA. So they're getting all that rest where you're expected to not get that rest, but you're expected to still play a good amount of games during the regular season to stay good and get, continue getting this fit and then go back into the playoffs, play all those games, go into the finals, play all the games and do everything that's necessary. And I just feel like uh, we got to give people that do make it to those finals, like, shout out to the Warriors. They, they, uh, to be able to go that many times in a row and go ahead from going in 2016, going in 27, or going 2015, going 2016, going 2017, going 2018, that's that's impressive. That's impressive. That's like 2019, they got to – you got to give props on that. that. That's impressive. Regardless if they won or lost every year, making deep playoff runs all those years, that, that's, that's very, very, very impressive. And it puts a lot of stress on your body, which is why you saw it. Once again, them start to struggle with injuries, starting to do things like that. It's starting to become problems. Um, he also says that he likes his rookies. He said the rookies have been amazing. Moody shows maturity, hustle, and a solid three. He said he's at 42% since the All-Star break. He shoots with confidence now, and when he gets hot, he doesn't miss. Like um, Moses Moody is a legit sniper. Moses Moody is a bucket. He hasn't been getting as much run, I have noticed. Um, in the games, at least I've watched, he hasn't been getting as much run as, obviously, like Kaminga and everything. Kaminga's been playing significantly amount more minutes than Moody. But Kaminga also is supposed to be the better player, but he was supposed to be more of the raw player. So I wasn't expecting him to get the more I was expecting Moody to get more minutes and then Kaminga be in and out of the G League. And then Kaminga come in and then Kaminga be ready to like contribute later. But Kaminga has actually been pretty impressive. But excuse me. But anyways, going back to what he said, he said Kaminga's a beast, which I agree with. He said, um, as he said, uh, he thinks everybody can see his potential. He's 19. It's not out of the reason that he might grow. Like he's he's not done growing. Uh, he's he looked like it wouldn't be surprised. Like you see some, he wouldn't be surprised to see like a Paul George s or anything like that growth spurt where you're already in the league and you hit another growth spurt. Um, he's also broken all the way out since the All Star break and his initial rookie, uh, what's called snub as. Like Draymond, Steph, and Clay wind down their careers, a core of Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, and Kaminga, and Wiseman. That the Warriors did do good right there with keeping that young core while still building a championship contender team. I remember I was like, "Hey, you have Steph, go all in. Forget them rookies, forget them everything else." And I was one of the people I was like, "Man, you don't need that uh, Moses Moody or Kaminga pick." I even said the year before. Get rid of that number two pick for uh, Wiseman. Go ahead and trade out and get a, like a legit uh, star so that we can try to go into next year, win games, and go be, go back and be one another championship because that's what it's about. But the Warriors have done a good job. A lot of teams a lot of teams can't do this. So uh, I applaud. A lot of teams can't do the whole 
play both sides. They either go all in on one side, or go all in the other side, and they either screw the shows over on one end or screw the shows in on the other side. Or they try to play both and don't really play either one well at all. And they do have a good young core. Moses Moody, legit wing, scorer, bucket. Jordan Poole is the truth. We talked about Jordan Poole yesterday. Jordan Poole is the truth. And Kaminga looks like he could be the leader of that team. Like, Jordan Poole is the truth. But I don't know if I would want Jordan Poole as my number one option. I think Kaminga could be that number one all-around, all-star level player, superstar level player that they have. And then we still got to see what we got with Wiseman. Wiseman did struggle defensively coming in, and we're still trying to figure out what, but he's a legit seven-footer. He looks really skilled, can space the floor and everything else. So we'll just see how that goes. Um, that could, like I said, just like he said, in like five, ten years, that could be a playoff team in its own right when Steph, Clay, and Draymond go ahead and move on with their lives. You have the, If you have a solid core of them four, you could you could be legit. I don't know if that four would stay together. Obviously, with contract, um, bigger roles, everything plays a factor. But that's legit if they could stay together. Um, everything. He doesn't want Wiseman to play though. He doesn't want Wiseman to play right now though. Um, he said Wiseman's been hurt. Everybody points to Embiid being hurt for two seasons before really showing what he had on the floor. Granted, Embiid had a season of college on his resume and not just three games. The potential for Wiseman is there. Moody's a starter on a lot of teams, and Kaminga is going to be a bona fide uh, all-star, maybe a superstar for a lot of years. There isn't anyone who was available that I would have traded both picks for. And this is in regards to a question I asked him. I said, because like I said a while ago, I wanted them to trade the picks. Um, I asked him if he regrets uh, not trading the picks, and he said he, he said he wouldn't. He, he shows right there. He said there isn't anybody anybody who was available that he would have traded both picks and Wiseman for. He said unless it was a Giannis-level talent. A lot of things were like Bradley Beal, Ben Simmons, all these other people. And he was like, no, they don't help him. People were talking about Dame. He was like, uh, like he, he, he unless it was a Giannis-level talent, he basically didn't want it because he's like, I'd rather keep my young guys, see what they can do. And with Draymond, Clay, and Steph all being in their 30s, obviously, it's like, eventually they're going to slow down, so you want players like that. Uh, I asked him how he felt about uh, Steph's shooting slump, because Steph, we've never known Steph to shoot under 40% from three. He's never done it in his career. He's been in a huge shooting slump, and he says shooters shoot their way out of slumps. Clay had those 38-point, 24-point games where the shot was falling. He'll also be okay. He said he honestly thinks his best la- lineup is Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole all on the floor together. I think there was a stat where the combo was outscoring opponents par- by far more than any other in the league. Um, he said he he's not worried about Steph's shooting slump. He I asked him about Clay's shooting slump. He said he's not worried about Clay's shooting slump, and he said he doesn't want Clay coming off the bench. He wants Clay to come back as a starter. He doesn't want to pull off the bench either. He wants Pool to be a legit starter. And he wants to move Wiggins to the bench and have Wiggins just be with what's called when they need Lo- Looney in a starting lineup. Otherwise, like the small ball lineup of what's called Steph, Jordan Poole, Wiggins, Draymond, and he said Clay. He said that would be his ideal small ball lineup. But if they were going big, substitute Wiggins out with Looney and he just wants to outscore people. He said his de- he feels like their defense will be okay. 
and just go out there and try to outshoot, outscore. But otherwise, that small ball on him looks great for him. Um, cycling and Jordan Poole and Wiggins in the second unit to carry the scoring low while Steph's out. Don't put all that responsibility on Clay. Let you know Steph's in his shooting slump. He's still averaging 20-something the game, and he's still shooting 38% from three, which is extremely, extremely impressive still. Uh, we just have higher standards for Steph Curry. If somebody else, like, we look at people like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, all of them shooting like that, are like, oh, they're shooting amazing, having good years. Steph does, you're like, nah, he's having a down you. But then again, it's a different standard because he's supposed, he is the greatest shooter of all time. So the standards are a little different than him. So um, I think, I think that, that, I think Steph will be fine in these playoffs. I'm not worried about Steph when it comes to these playoffs. I think I think he will be I think he'll be fine in that regards. Um I asked him I said I seen the Warriors social media. And speaking of that, I saw Clay talking about that the other day too. Clay was talking about um real Warriors fans versus these fake Warriors fans. I said, uh, he said, the real fans, no. The real fans have been with you, like, before you won these titles. Five years before, when you're not winning, you're losing all these games, you're struggling, you're trying to build that contender. And, like, obviously, I'm not giving the exact quote, uh, you know, but I'm giving my version of it. Cause if you can go watch the video he posted, like, it was a video that was posted on when they uh, did his post-game review, and... He was talking about, like, the real fans know. Like, the real fans know what's up. These fake fans are the ones that's, like, they want championships every year. They think it's easy. They want contenders every year. He's like, things happen. People get hurt, everything like that. And the real fans know. I'm not worried about them fake fans that expect things like that. I'm not worried about them fake fans at all. Because if you look at, like, Warriors shoot social media, they they already are asking. They If you go look at a lot of their quote-unquote fans, they're like, Oh, they're slandering Steph. They're slandering Clay, saying Clay doesn't need to be in the starting lineup. We should just trade him. Why do we bring him back? He's not even playing this well. Blah blah. blah. They were saying the same thing like trade Draymond Green. I'm like, yo, you want to trade your core after all they've done for you? You want to just trade your core like that when they're having a slump? It's not even like they've had a bad year all around. Draymond is still really good. He was in he was in contention for Defense Player of the Year before he got hurt. Clay just has a, Clay hasn't played basketball in two years. He's coming back from a, um, major injuries, and he's trying to like get back. What other basketball player hasn't played basketball for two years, and you would just expect them to come back and play the exact same? No, no hesitation, no nothing. They like, obviously has to work himself back. It's going to take a while. We probably aren't going to see Clay until next year. I hate to say it, going into the playoffs and everything like that. You're not going to see the clay you want to see until probably next year. And he even said the same thing. He's like, Warrior social media are spoiled from that t- from the title runs. They're very, very spoiled. We got a lot of fake fans coming from, obviously, coming from because we were a popular team. Um, they're a product of success and panic when the Warriors lose. And even when they still had the second-best record in the league and they dropped a game, like, people would still, like, go crazy on the social media. They'd be like, no, we need blow. We need to do this. We need to do that. And it's like, we're the second-best team in the NBA. Now, obviously, the third best, but still, that's per, that's extremely impressive. You're the third best team in the NBA, and people are panicking. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. 
Um, he said, older Warriors fans who were there through the trash years know not to panic. Clay off the bench doesn't maximize Clay's abilities. If you want somebody off the bench, it's JP or Wiggins because you need an aggressive shot creator. So all those Warriors fans that's talking about bench Clay, it doesn't make sense. The Warriors fans that talk about trade Draymond, get rid of Draymond, it doesn't make sense for what he does for our defense. Um, so I agree with him because it does it do, it doesn't make sense. You see a lot of fans. That's usually what happens when you win championships. When you win championships, you see fans come from everywhere, everywhere, shape or form. Fans start being like, "Oh yeah, I'm a warrior. I like them. I like them because they're winning. It's popular. It's the cool thing to do." But then when they start losing, you're like, "Oh, you trash me? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yes, we won these years in a row, but that's not the normal thing. What we did wasn't normal. Well, like it, it, it does. It's not normal what we're doing. It's we're just that great, and we we've we've struggled for all these years to get to this point, and now you're acting like it's just nothing. It's just nothing, and that's not fair to them. Um, I asked him how he felt about uh going against. I said, it, how does he feel with the Warriors not having too strong of bigs? Yes, they have Wiseman. Yes, they have Looney. <laughs> Yes, they have Draymond, but Draymond is like six six. But I said you in the East, it's not as dumb. You have you have Yoke. I mean, not Yoke. You have Embiid and you have Giannis. That's about it. Truly, with dominant sent like dominant bigs, like dominant people that are six eleven, um, taller that you have to worry about dominating the paint. I said in the West though, you have a lot of dominant bigs i said it's a big heavy conference whether you're talking about like offensive powerhouses like cat or Jokic or defensive ones like gobert or more balanced ones such as like ayton and even ad before he the lakers got eliminated i said with this with this warriors team not really having a true big man that can like compete with any of them i, I, was, I asked him if it worried him I was like does that worry you to not have a big in that regard that can that can go head to head with them. You just have to focus on your guards and um your wing players. You you don't really have a big that can stop them defensively, and you don't have a big that can keep up with their offense production. Again, yes, Draymond small ball works. It is dominant and it will work, but when you have a six six guy on Jokic, that doesn't. It's not gonna work. Like Draymond on Jokic isn't gonna work. Um, eight, eight, Draymond on Aiden isn't gonna tr- necessarily work. Aiden on Cats not gonna work. Like you have all these dominant bigs. Like I was, I was asking, what's what, what's his plan in regards to that? And he says, he says Gary Payton the second. That's his answer. He said Gary Payton the second and Draymond. He says he knows it sounds crazy, but Gary Payton the second plays like he's six ten. Um, in small stretches, just like Draymond, he they can run that small ball lineup, and he feels like. He can hold his own doing it for those small stretches. Uh, he's done it effectively throughout the season, but only in small stretches. Uh, otherwise, you gotta just you gotta rely on Looney and Draymond um, more so. Draymond because Draymond's an incredible help defender, and they will be mostly okay. They're just gonna have to outscore them, sprinkle in Wiseman to take some fouls and be abiding in the paint. And he's he said he's only sixty percent worried about the bigs in the paint. Now, big having a decent game, drawing defenders and opening up threes is a recipe for blowout losses. On defense, he said he's not really worried about Gobert because they could go to that small ball lineup and they can just shoot the lights out. Um, AD and Aiden have gotten cooked before, but they also can cook them on the other side. And he said if they see a player like they don't, he said the West doesn't have a Giannis. Yes, they have Jokic. Yes, they have Aiden. They have all these other great players, and they could 
do some damage, but they don't have a Giannis who's looking to score. Jokic is a pass-first big. Cat could do some damage as well, but he doesn't really see outside of Cat. He doesn't really. He's not really worried about the rest of the Timberwolves doing damage. But a team like the Bucks, if he sees, he's like, we made it to the finals and we played the Bucks. He said he doesn't see them really having a chance. He sees he sees them being screwed because they don't have an answer for Giannis, and they would just have to crash in the paint. And the Bucks have shooters all around. You have Brooke Lopez, you have Chris Middleton, you have draw. You have a lot of people that can space the floor. And if they crash, they don't really have an answer. They 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 don't really have an answer for that. So he he's he's worried. He's not tr- all altogether worried about the bigs, but he's worried to a certain extent. To where he's like, hey, you know, if we if we if we run into certain matchups. Yeah, we just gonna have to eat those fouls, and Steph, Clay, and Poole just gonna have to shoot them out the gym, and we're gonna have to have Gary Payton, cause Gary Payton can play that Marcus Smart role, cause I see what he's saying for a certain extent, cause Marcus Smart does the same thing. We play Marcus Smart on bigs all the time. We play it for like short spurts, like like two or three possessions here, two or three possessions here. We'll have Marcus Smart legitly guarding centers in. It works for us, so I don't see why it can't work for them. And Gary Payton is a really good defender too, extremely athletic. So why I don't see why I could help why I couldn't help them as well. So um a couple more questions I asked him. I said, Coach Kerr has been questioned regarding his rotations. And I was like, I, I was asking if he was part of the fandom that states he inherited a great team, uh, that he got from Mark Jackson, or if he took the if he's a part of the part the fandom that says no he took that team to the next level like it's not just mark jackson's team he took that team to a next level he said i wouldn't call mark jackson's teams like great ones when kerr took over draymond wasn't draymond he was a six five and two guy more importantly the defensive prowess and chemistry with steph wasn't quite there clay was good but clay wasn't good yet clay wasn't clay yet either like he was good but he wasn't the clay we know today um Gotta give respect to Coach Jackson. He turned our franchise around. Brought defense to the team. Gave the Warriors legitimacy again through that process. Uh, started with Lakeham. Bought the team from the previous owner, Chris Cohen. Kerr had the system. Took uh, what's here? He took the Warriors to the next level that they needed to be. Watching Warriors basketball versus say like Houston Rockets like basketball with James Harden or somebody like that is like night and day. Warriors basketball is beautiful. That's thanks to Kerr. As for the rotations, rotations don't matter in a regular season when you got guys who are in and out and in and out and you got guys coming back. You need uh you need to see your players, what's called and get balancing. He says also we got to see where certain players are going to play in the playoffs and figure out things like that. So you got to experiment and be open to trying new things in the regular season. So when the playoffs come around, you know, you know who you want to go with. Um, let's go. He said, Warrior social media has been killing Kerr for starting Moody over Poole. But, the, but at the time, Poole was clearly coming off the bench of the playoffs, given how Wiggins was playing. Having him get used to leading the second unit was necessary. You don't want Poole to get used to playing in that starting line and playing with those guys. And then it, throw him back in the bench unit for the playoffs and then be like, oh, yeah, just adjust. He wants to be like, yeah, obviously this guy isn't going to start. Like, Moody isn't going to start over Poole. But I don't want Poole to get used to playing with this rotation. I want him to be used to playing this rotation because this is the rotation he's going to be in. Um, and, but nobody was like expecting Wiggins to play this well. But at the same time, now Wiggins is ending up in the free fall after the all-star break. Plus, Curry got hurt. So JP needs to step up. 
which brought him back into the starting lineup, which he thinks he should stay. But obviously, Coach Kerr doesn't agree. So we'll see how it goes. He's like, he thinks Poole should just start at this point because they need that extra firepower, especially with Clay not being Clay all the time. He's still Clay defensively. He's just not Clay um, shooting wise. I next asked him, I said, do you truly see yourself as contenders this year? And if not, what moves do you do you believe need to be made to bring your team back into contention? Um, I was like, do you need to make some trades? Is that like what 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 like go get acquire a bit a true big? What what needs to be done to get there? And he says he doesn't think right now they can win it all, but. He thinks if things fall the right way, just like the Suns last year, if things fall the right way, he thinks they can make a run. With all the injuries, there hasn't been um, what's called they have they haven't gotten used to playing with each other. The team hasn't gotten used to playing with each other because there's still too many injuries. They still again don't know what they're getting from Wiseman. The team doesn't have a true identity. They scrape for wins off amazing games by Steph and Orpool. Or like a sol- like a couple solid games from other people, like Wiggins, and somebody has a really nice game, and they kind of just scrape their win together. You can't win a playoff series like that, though. Um, Moody's and Kaminga's development has been great outlook for the team. I think they definitely need to bring back uh, GP two, and he said he thinks uh, a couple others could be traded, a couple others could be moved. He said they can go. And Iggy could probably retire next year, and he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to come back. He said he loved the sign Weatherspoon and JTA only because they're hometown guys. Another serviceable big would be great. Not even an All Star, just a mid a mid tier big. They just need another big just for their rotation. They they they, they need somebody else because you can't just have Mooney, Wiseman, and Draymond as your bigs. You need somebody else. Um. He said he would have been happy never releasing Chris last season or bringing back Damian Jones, moving Wiggs because it's easier to, like, because his contract's so big, but because he had that all-star, he thinks he might be able to move him. Bringing in a backup point guard like Patty Mills or somebody like that in a bench wing with a three, a three and D wing would be great as well. He said he just wants, he just wants depth because he said that's what they need because they're struggling with health. He wants depth on the team. And not much else. He's like, as long as we have depth in these key play, like key areas, just coverage wise. Like, so if somebody goes down, we can be okay for a little bit until they get back. That's in a in a sense, that's all he's asking for, which it's fair because that's what any team wants. You want depth in case your stars go up. You wanna you wanna look like Memphis to where your star goes out or anybody goes up. Y'all are fine. Y'all can still win games. Y'all can still scrape through and make it all the way out. The last question I asked him, I said, is Wiseman, you're big in the future. I said, I said, you see those G League clips all around, um, but it doesn't seem he can put it together. What's called on the in the NBA, he struggled last year, but he's been hurt all of this year for the most part. Returning from injury, where do you see his his market value? Do you see him being like, hey, yeah, come back and play for us, or let us kind of ship you so that you can go get that mid tier big? along with some other pieces and everything. And he says he thinks Wiseman is the big of the future. He said he would never trade him. He said bigs take long enough to develop without injury. He said we're kind of locked into him because by the time he shows what he really has in a couple years, he has to be re-signed anyway. When he finally gets healthy and he really starts coming into his own, it's going to be time for him to get paid. So they're going to lock him back in. And then they're just going to have him for another four or five years. And he just doesn't want to trade him. He wants to lock him in. Um, He said his trade value would be low. And he just doesn't think 
it's worth trading him. He said because the trade value is so low, they're kind of stuck with him at this point, but not in a negative way because he says he wants to see Wiseman develop. He's just been injured, injured, and he hasn't really shown much on the court, so he doesn't really have that big-time first-round pick or anything like that value to where you can be like, hey, yeah, we'll trade you Wiseman and get this huge what's called hall of a trade. And it's like, no, we don't really have, you don't really have that at the moment. So you kind of just got to take what you can get. This is kind of a, uh, this kind of, this episode kind of threw me off because this wasn't a prepared episode. It wasn't a prepared episode at all. Um, Like I said, we were coming in to do the East versus West uh, predictions. But when I got this, when I got his questions back and he responded that he wasn't going to be able to make it, but he could do this. Excuse me. It threw me off a little bit, so I was trying to rush and put it together. So this episode's kind of scrambled. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in to this scrambled episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we're out.